Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We talk to Recorded live. We bring the sacrifices of praise into the house of the Lord. We bring the sacrifices of praise into the house of the Lord. As we offer up to you the sacrifices of thanksgiving, as we offer up to you the sacrifices of joy. We bring the sacrifices of praise into the house of the Lord. We bring the sacrifices of praise into the house of the Lord as we offer up to you the sacrifices of thanksgiving as we offer up to you the sacrifices of joy. We bring the sacrifices of praise into the house of the Lord. We bring the sacrifices of praise into the house of the Lord as we offer up to you the sacrifices of thanksgiving as we offer up to you the sacrifices of joy we bring the sacrifices of praise into the house of the Lord. We bring the sacrifices of praise into the house of the Lord. As we offer up to you the sacrifices of thanksgiving.
vain as we offer up to you the sacrifices of joy. The sacrifices of joy. The sacrifices of joy. The sacrifices of joy. Amen. That's what we do. We come into God's house to offer up the sacrifices of praise. The Bible says God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. He's not looking for phony praise. He's not looking for people that just know the lyrics. He's looking for someone to offer up the sacrifices of praise from their hearts and from the fruit of their own lips. Amen. We thank God for you who have joined us on this Tuesday night Bible study, and we do pray that the Word of God may be a blessing to one and all. We are the New Web Life Ministries. We're located 32822 State Highway 249 in Pinehurst, Texas. Our zip is 77362. Our email address is yahoo.com. Amen. We'll be more than joy and elated to hear from you. You just drop us a line. Let us know that we are being a blessing to you. Something we're saying, something we're doing, is helping you to open up the Word of God much more clearer than it ever been before. Amen. Our lesson on tonight comes from Second Samuel chapter 22. And I will be reading to you here from the King James Version. Therefore, if you have a Gideon, NIV, or any other type of Bible other than a King James Bible, some of the verses of Scripture may read differently than yours. But I pray that as we go through the verses of Scripture that we get and understand them. Second Samuel chapter 22, we begin out reading from verse number 1. And David spake unto the Lord the words of this song. In the day that the Lord had delivered him out of the hand of all his enemies and out of the hand of Saul. And he said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer the God of my rock, in him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower and my refuge, my Savior. Thou savest me from violence. I will call on the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemy. When the waves of death compassed me, the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord, and I cried to my God. And he did hear my voice out of his temple, and my cry did enter into his ears. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations of heaven moved and shook because he was wroth. There went up a smoke out of his nostrils, and fire out of his mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it. He bought he bowed the heavens also and came down, and darkness was under his feet, and he rode upon the cherub and did fly, and he was seen upon the wings of the wind, and he made darkness pavilion round about him, dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. Through the brightness before him were coals of fire kindled. The Lord thundered from heaven, and the Most High uttered his voice, 
And he set out the arrows and scattered them, lightning and discomfort them. And the channels of the sea appeared. The foundation of the world was discovered at the rebuking of the Lord, at the blast of his breath of his nostrils. He sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them that hated me. But they were too strong for me. They prevented me in the day of my calamity. But the Lord was my state. He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanliness of my hands had he recompensed me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgments were before me. And as for his statutes, I did not depart from them. I was also upright before him, and he have kept my and, I, and have kept myself from my iniquity. Therefore, the Lord had recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to my cleanliness in His eyesight. With the merciful, Thou will show mercy; Thou will show Thyself merciful, and with the upright man, Thou shall show Thyself upright. With the pure, Thou will show Thyself pure. And with the fraud, thou wilt show thyself unsavory. And the afflicted people thou wilt save, but that I are upon the hearty, that thou mayest bring them down. But thou art my lamp, O Lord, and the Lord will lighten my darkness. For, be, for by thee I have run through truth. For by, by my God have I leaped over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all them that trust in him. For who is God? Save the Lord. And who is a rock? Save our God. God is my strength and power, and he maketh my way perfect. He maketh my feet like hinds feet, and setteth me upon my high places. He teacheth my hands to walk, so that a bow of steel is broken by my arms. Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation. And thy gentleness had made me great. Thou hast enlarged my steps under me, so that my feet did not slip. I have pursued my enemies and destroyed them, and turned out again until I had consumed them. I have consumed them and wounded them, that they could not arise. Yea, they are fallen under my feet. For thou hast girded me with strength to battle. Them that rose up against me hast thou subdued under me. Thou hast also given me the necks of my enemies, that I might destroy them that hate me. They looked, and there was none to save, even unto the Lord, but unanswered them, but he answered them not. Then did I beat them as small as the dust of the earth. I did stamp them as, as the mire of the street, and did spray them abroad. Thou hast delivered me from the striving of my people. Thou hast kept me to be head of the heathen, a people which I knew not shall serve me. Strangers shall submit themselves unto me. As soon as they hear, they shall be obedient unto me. Strangers shall fade away, and they shall be afraid out of their close places. The Lord liveth, and blessed be my rock, and exalted be the God of my rock of my salvation. It is God that avenged me and that bringeth down the people under me, and that bringeth me from and that bringeth me forth from
from my enemies. Thou also hast lifted me up on high above them that rose up against me. Thou hast delivered me from the violent man. Therefore I will give thanks unto, the, unto thee, O Lord, among the heathen, and I will sing praises unto thy name. He is a tower of salvation for his king, and showed mercy to his anointed, unto David, and to his seed forevermore. Second Samuel chapter 22, verse 1 to verse 51. May the Lord add a blessing on the reading here and do a, of his holy word. A chapter of praise. A chapter of testimonies of what God has done and what God can do. The Bible says he's the same God today as he was yesterday and forevermore. Nothing stops him from being God. What he did before, he can do it again. Some people uh, look at their calamities and their problems and think that this is the end. This is it. But David said when, when, when his calamity came upon him, he called upon the name of the Lord. We got to know who to call on. Verse 19 said, they prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. That's who's our stay. That's the one who's our keeper. He's our, our guide. He's the one that comforts us even while we're in the midst of the storm. And so David knows these things. He's singing about these things. This 22nd uh, chapter of, of Samuel, 2 Samuel, is a song of praise. After David looked back upon his life and saw where God had brought him from, that, that he's now giving God praise and making a song of it so other people can know what God had done for him and what God can do for others if you learn how to call upon the name of the Lord. But we find people ready to call on their friends and call on family and call this one and call that one. And for some strange reason, it's always seemed like God is our last one to call upon. And the last one we call upon is the one who can give us the greatest help. He is the one that could be our deliverer. Even what David said in the beginning of, 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 the, of this chapter, he said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, my salvation, my high tower, my refuge, my savior, who saved me from the violence. It's God. And he said, I will call upon the Lord, who's what? He's worthy to be praised. When you have your own personal experience with God, You'll know then that he's worthy to be praised. It's not just words that you would read in the Bible, in the book of Psalms, where they say, from the rising of the sun to the going down of the sand, his name is worthy to be praised. These people didn't just write this because they was trying to uh, uh, make somebody feel good or trying to impress somebody by, 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 by flattering words. No, this from personal experience. And that's what God wants us all to have, our own personal experience. That's why he sent people in the church who have had their personal experience with God that they give their testimony of what God did for them. Some say he did this, and the other ones say that he did that. But one thing about it all, regardless of what, what it was on both sides of those testimonies, it all belonged to who? To God. It all belonged to God. If it had not been for the Lord who brought me out of this, if it wasn't for God who fed me, if it wasn't for God who put a roof over my head, if it wasn't for God who saved my son, who, who delivered them from drugs or whatever it was. It's all about God. It's not about no man, no, nor any woman. And it's not about the past. It's all about God.
to God be the glory for the things that he has done. And so David looked at, back at his life and saw all of these things where God had brought him from. Matter of fact, we even sing the song in the church sometimes. The Lord has brought me from a mighty long way. I've been blessed by his goodness, and I've been saved by his grace. For the Lord has brought me from a mighty long way. And until we really know this within our own selves, we always have to be confirmed or approved by somebody else that you save, that, that, that you this and you that. David said in the 127th Psalm, he said, let the Lord build the house. To build the only bill in vain. Just wasting your time. Just beating at the wind. It's the Lord who has to do it. And until God do it, some of the stuff we go through, we're going to keep going through it. Some of the heartaches we have, we're going to keep on having those heartaches. Some of the sleepless nights, we're going to keep on having them. Until you realize that it's nobody but God. David realized now that it was nobody but God. He knew it before he became king. Because it was when he was a shepherd boy. A lot of the songs, the, 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 in the book of Psalms, a lot of those songs was wrote while he was a shepherd boy. But after he became king, for some strange reason, when we get to our, our place, our wealthy place, uh, uh, a place that we think that we're safe at, we tend to forget about the same God who brought us and put us in this place of peace and rest and, 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 and well-doing. And after David went through all of this calamity in his life with, his, with the sins that he committed, with the sins his sons committed, raping, the raping of his daughter, the killing of his sons, all of these things he looked back and realized that it was nobody but God that brought him through this. A lot of people wouldn't have, couldn't live through this, losing any one child. Here David, he lost three. He lost three. His son even laid down with his concubine and shamed him before the people. But yet, David said the Lord brought him. The, the Lord delivered him. The Lord was his high tower. The Lord was his comfort and his guide, his salvation, his buckler, his shield. He realized that God was all of these things to him. It wasn't the vast army he had that was surrounding him. It wasn't the palace that he lived in as a king. It wasn't the throne that he set up on. And it wasn't all the women that he had pleasured himself with. He realized that, it was, that, that, that all good and perfect gifts come from above. It all came from God. Why is it that we have to get to a place of calamity in our lives to realize that God is our state? That is nobody but God. Verse 19 said, They prevented me in the day of my calamity. Now, he's talking about his enemies. But the Lord, the Lord was his state. That's the best support we can ever get. That's the best comfort we could ever have is in the Lord. The Bible says he gives us the peace that surpasses what? All understanding. When people are looking at us and think we should be boohooing and crying and falling all over the place, we're sitting down calm, calm in the midst of the storm. Because God gives us that peace that surpasses understanding. 
People can't understand why you're so so calm, why you're so quiet, why you're not shouting and cussing and carrying on and talking about this one and talking about that one and how this happened and why me and why this. And we're sitting there calm. Why? Because God gives us the peace. That surpasses all understanding. People can't understand. If you don't have a personal relationship with God, when calamity and things come in your life and you still have your peace and your joy, the people who don't know God can't understand that. Because the Bible said the joy of the Lord is our strength. That's where we get strength from, being in, in the Lord. Being in the Lord is where we get our strength from. Look what verse 20 says. And he brought me forth also in a large place. He delivered me because what? He delighted in me. Now, how can God delight in a man? How could God delight in anybody? Now, we're talking about the God who created the heavens and the earth. He's delighted in man. We have to go back to the book of Genesis. He made God, he made man in his what? In his image and after his likeness. And he breathed the breath of life in him. He gave, we gave us a part of him. He's delighted in himself. And so when he delighted in you, he's delighting in himself because he's living inside of you. Paul said, it's no more I that live, but now it's the Christ that lives inside of me. He said, I am crucified to the world, and the world is crucified unto me. The things I once had pleasure in, don't pleasure me no more. Don't concern me. Don't bother me. Whatever state I find myself in, I'm contented. He gave all the praise, the glory to God, gave him his life. And told God, live your life inside of me. And so he said, he brought me forth also into a large place. He didn't only deliver it from the hands of his enemies. He didn't only fight for him. He didn't only, he didn't only surround him with protection. He said he brought him into a large place. You hear people always saying uh, this, this, uh, saying this, this, this prayer, uh, Lord, enlarge my territory. But how do you want God to enlarge your territory and you ain't enlarging your praise and your worship to God? He said, if you draw nigh to me, I'll draw nigh unto you. We got to get close to God. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all his righteousness. He said, all of these things shall be added unto you. But we want from God without giving back to God. We want to proposition God. Lord, if you give me this, I'll do that. Lord, if you do this for me, I'll do that. Lord, if you bless me with this, I'll stop that. No, God said, look, get yourself together. God can't bless sin. God is not in the, in the sin blessing business. God is in the deliverance from sin business. That's the business he's in. He sent his son to do what? Deliver us, save us from sin. He brought me forth also into a large place, which means this guy was very much blessed. He had, he had everything that a man could ever want that was in this world. He delivered me because, now he's telling you why he did all of this, because he delighted in him. 
He delighted in him. If you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll do what? Give you the desires of your heart. 21 said, the Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanliness of my hands, had he recompensed me. Now, he's not talking about his own righteousness. He's talking about the righteousness of Christ. Paul said, look, my prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. He said, for they have gone about establishing their own righteousness and have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. And until we submit ourselves to God's righteousness, we can't be right. It's not about morals. It's not about morals. It's not about going out and doing good deeds, crossing old lady across the street. It's about committing ourselves to God's righteousness. That's the only righteousness that we can ever have, the righteousness of Christ. That's the only righteousness we can have. I don't care how many people talk about you, pat you on your back, and tell you how wonderful you are. If God ain't saying it, whatever people say, it don't matter. Not in God's eyesight. It don't matter. So we got to start worrying about the, 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 the praise of people. And consider the praises of God. How do God look at you? What do God see when he looks down on you? Is he delighted in your ways? Is he delighted in your worship? David was a man of worship. Even God said, this is a man after my own heart. David was constantly pursuing God's heart. To touch his heart. And how did he do it? With worship. With praise. Now we all know about David's sins. We know about the things that David did that God wasn't pleased with. But God looked not at his action. He looked at, at his heart. That's what God looked at. He don't look at the outward appearance of man. But he looked at the heart of man. And he saw that, that David's heart was right before him. All he had to do was just deliver him from sin. And he had a perfect and an upright man. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness. Now, he's not bragging on himself. He's talking about God. Let's get that clear. He's not bragging on himself because he knows the things that he did. He knows from where God had brought him from. He knew about the, 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 the uh, judgment God had placed upon him after he had sinned against Bathsheba and killed Uriah, her husband. So he knew about all these things. So he's not bragging on himself. He's bragging on, on God's righteousness. According to the cleanliness of my hands, has he recompensed me. What the Bible say? Whatever man sow, that shall he also reap. So we got to be careful what we put out. Because what we put out, it comes back. It comes back. After David had committed this sin and had... Uriah uh, uh, killed up on the front of the line. What did he do? He repented. He acknowledged before God that he had sinned. Look in, the, in, in, in Psalm 51. The 51st book of Psalms, he talks about these things. And the very thing that he pleaded God for, take not your Holy Spirit from me. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. 
He knew that he need God. He need God guidance. And when he repented with his whole heart and labored before the Lord, the Lord forgave him. If we confess our sins, the Lord is just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so when unrighteousness is cleansed, what is left? Righteousness. When he cleanses us from unrighteousness, the only thing left is righteousness. But he said, if you confess, we got to own up to what we did. God already knows. So why not tell him? And repent from your sins. And the Bible says that he is faithful and just to cleanse us from all of our sins to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, this is what God said. Now, David then did this. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't reap what he sowed. He went through the punishment that God placed upon it. He didn't cry about it. He didn't cut up and complain about it. He took his chastisement as a child. He took his chastisement as a child of God. And after David confessed his sins and took his chastisement, when all of his sins were forgiven and had been cleansed from his unrighteousness, then righteousness appeared upon David. You know, once you, you, you have confessed your sins before God, the Bible says he cast it in the sea of forgetfulness and never, it never rises up against you anymore. Now, not saying that you're not going to pay for what you did, but he don't throw it back up in your face like some people do. Oh, I remember, you remember what you did? People will throw stuff back up in your face even after you told them you're sorry. But with God, when you go and repent to God, God never throw it back up in your face. And so once David had, had, had sinned and he repented before God and acknowledged it and even made a psalm about it, Psalm 51, and he said, Lord, look, you can take everything I have, but just don't take your Holy Spirit from me. God forgave him. And now he said that, that since God didn't, didn't cleanse him from all righteousness, this is what he's saying here. That God, he said, God rewarded him according to the cleanliness of his hands, that he recompensed me. I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. Now, what are you saying here? He kept the ways of the Lord, but he sinned. But the Bible says, if you sin, you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteousness, right? And so he kept all the ways of God. God said, look, you have a way back to me. If you confess your sins and be sorry in your heart for what you did, you can come back to me. And so David kept the ways of God. This was God's way of returning back to him when we fall. A good man fall how many times? But he get back up again. And I don't care who, who it is. I don't care what preacher, what bishop, what pastor, the deacons, the members in the church. Everybody had fallen at one point in time in their life. But if they're still here, that means they got back up again. That means you got back up again if you're still here. If you're still believing and trusting in God, you're still calling on his name, you're still laboring before him and crying out to him, let God know you can't make it on your own. You need him. Matter of fact, in the same scripture, what did David say? My enemies is too strong for me. Now, what is our enemy? Sin. 
Temptation. That's our enemy. It don't come to do nothing good for us. It comes to separate us from God. Look at verse 22. Say, for I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. Now, he didn't say he didn't depart. He said he didn't wickedly depart. I remember one Bible study night or either one Sunday, Sister Evans was saying, we all had backslid, and we all, because we, we wasn't doing what we were supposed to do. We wasn't doing what we had, had, had learned to do. We had got slack and lackadaisical in our prayers and our, and our fasting and things that we should supposed to be doing because we had left the TV and other things take our time. The time that we should have been given to God, we let other things occupy our time. And so we didn't wickedly depart from God, right? We didn't wickedly depart. But we departed all the same. If we, if we are guilty of it, we departed. We wasn't with him. We was with the thing that, that pleases our flesh, the things that the world has to offer. So we didn't wickedly depart. Why? We were still coming to church. We were still singing songs. We were still paying tithes and putting up offerings. We were still raising up our hands and doing all these things. But in actuality, how many times have you heard people say, that they backslid right in the church. So that's not saying that they wickedly departed, but they departed all the same. And so God have a way of doing things to bring us back. Verse 23, for all his judgment were before me. Talking about the judgment that he just went through. And as for his statutes, I did not depart from them. Even though he was judged, he was going through some hard times and some pain, he said, look, I didn't depart from it. Some people go through some hard stuff, and what they do? They leave the church, and they blame God. They don't look at what they didn't did. They blame God. Oh, this stuff don't work. That ain't nothing but the man, a man wrote them words in that book. That stuff don't work. I went to church. I do this, and I do that. You know, and I still got problems. My husband still left me. My children are still in the jailhouse. Or whatever it is that people want to blame God for, and we, want, we don't want to shoulder our own responsibility. Come on, let's stand up and be a man or a woman and shoulder our own responsibility in the mess that we made. We make the mess, but we look and we blame God. How in the world do you want to sin and do all of these things, and you still want God to fight for you? You still want God protection. You can't do that and ask God to support you in this. That's, look, I remember when my, my kids was, was young, my son, my, my, my boys, and I told them, I said, look, you can get out here and do whatever you want. I said, I'm going to help you get out of jail one time. I said, after that, you're on your own. If you want to constantly repeat the same thing, keep going to jail, you're on your own. Oh, do I didn't keep my word. But uh, this is what I told them. And so what verse 23 says, for all his judgment, God do what? He's the judge. Of all the earth, right? He's the judge. He said, all your judgment was before me. I was, you caught me. You judged me correctly. It was all before me. Whatever you judged me about, I did it. And as for his statutes, I did not depart from them. You find people that go through things and trials or tribulations or, or chastisement, whatever it might be, they leave the church. They walk away from God. Do you realize that 
regardless of what you go through, whether it's chest time or whether it's a trial. There's only God that can get you out. If God put you in it, then God sure enough can get you out of it. Verse 24, I was also upright before him, and he kept, and have kept myself from my iniquity. Therefore the Lord had recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to my cleanliness in his eyesight. Now why did he say that? In his eyesight. Therefore the Lord had recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to, to my cleanliness in his eyesight. Yes, he's talking about God. In the Lord's eyesight. God recompensed him, paid him. You know, when you, you recompense for something. That, huh? He rewarded him all over again. Put him back into his wealthy place. The Bible said put him back into his large place, right? But now he's saying he did this according to his righteousness, according to the cleanliness in his eyes. In God. This is what I'm saying. In the Lord's eyesight. Do you realize, regardless of how long you be in church, regardless of how much you do for God, you'll never be right now inside of people. They'll always remember, oh, I remember Eric. I remember when he was out. Eric wasn't no good. Eric was nothing but a homemonger. He did this, he did that. That's the thing that people see about you. But God don't see us that way. I heard you praying and you said, thank God that when he looked down on us, he don't see us. He see what? He see the blood of Christ. He don't see what we didn't did anymore. That's in the sea of forgetfulness. That's gone from us. We didn't repent it from that. God, when we repent to God, we're not repenting to people because people would never forget. I'll forgive you, but I won't forget it. And that's what they say. So David said that he did this in the eyesight of who? He said he's right in the eyes and clean in, in God's eyesight. Because guess what? The people in Israel, they still know that David took that man's wife. They still know that David wrote that letter and gave it to Joab to bring it to the front line to get that man killed. They still remember that. So he's not concerned about being held, by, by being looked as righteous as in the eyesight of people, because we'll never be right in the eyesight of people. You know what people tell you? Man, you need to stop playing with God. Man, you know you ain't supposed to be in, in, nobody, in no church playing with God like that. People will try and talk you out of church. Call you hypocrites and all of this. But what God says? God says you are, you are the righteousness of Christ. Why? Because we accepted him. And his blood covers us. You pray this prayer all the time. I'll be listening to you when you be praying. I might be at work listening. I might not be able to say nothing, but I'll be hearing y'all when y'all be praying. And you say, thank you, Lord for your grace and your mercy that, that, that you don't look down on us and see what we did. But you, when you look down on us, you see the blood of Christ. You see, the, you see your son's blood, how he sacrificed himself for us. And so he's saying here that when God recompensed him, he recompensed him because of the cleanliness that was in God's eyesight, not in David's eyesight, not in the eyesight of the people. Look what he's, look, ooh, ooh. What? Okay, now David is saying the Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness. Yeah, 
according to his righteousness that God see, not that people see. Yes. Because in the eyesight of people, we'll never be right. See, David had repented, Yes. And, and that's the thing that made him right before God. Right before God. When he repented. This is what I said in other verses. When he repented, then God rewarded him for his righteousness, gave him his righteousness. Why? The Bible says if we, if we confess our sins, the Lord, our God, is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So when we are cleansed from unrighteousness, what else appears? Righteousness. Some people will consider no, no. Yeah, I'm telling you the truth. That's why you have to read just the real script after. Some people will consider one thing always saved. No, he was out of favor with God. That's why God, that's why God judged him. God judges what? Sin. He rewards what? Righteousness. And how did David get back righteous with God? When he repented. Yeah, you you can feel it. I never realized that. You feel light. You feel like you feel like you pull your heart out, and you can feel. I mean, you do both. I've apologized on the double. because of your righteousness. It's because of your sincerity. Your heart is cleansed now. Your heart is cleansed. Yes. Look, what you're saying, you're saying a mouthful, what you're saying about when you are, when you are clean and before God and with God, you have peace, the peace of God. All of us in here, as well as whoever may be listening in, have had odd different differences with people. And you've been in them same people company after y'all then, then said y'all sorry and you don't feel the same way around them anymore. But you feel but when you come in God's house, once you to repent it with your whole heart before God, you don't feel that same heaviness with before God as you still feel with people. I know I know what you're talking about. Exactly. All of us in here had some type of an argument or disagreement with people. And we might have said we're sorry, I apologize, man, and this, that and the other. But when you go in the front of those people again, you don't, it, that, that relationship is no more the same. You just, after you say this, you as an individual would just prefer to just to be a, say, from around them. Some people, you know, where you at? <coughs> where you at? In your sincerity, 
did, I was sorry, but there was no more I could do about it. Yes. You know, that is, so you, so you, so you, so you were, you were sorry, but since you wasn't received properly, right? Now, you, now you, now you kind of like stir a little bit up, a little bit, get, get some attitude. Satisfaction, but I didn't need my fault. Yes. Now I'm finished with it. Yeah. But when it comes down to God, you ain't never finished with God. Because you know you need God. You need him to live and you're going to show enough need him to die with. We need God constantly. But when it comes down to people and you, and, and, and as per se, you repent to them by saying you're sorry, you apologize, regardless of even whether you was right or wrong. When you see that individual when they're in your company, you don't feel the same around them no more. You know who? I'm a so I really respect that about even if you never think you did you wrong. Look, I'm, I'm sorry, I apologize. And I look, and don't even be that don't even be that and that's that's good to have. That's good to have to be able to somebody that say, No, I'm sorry, if I'm here to finish you. It, it, it wasn't nothing that caused the scene. But no more than you she, you probably know about she did several times. Look, I saw her do this with another individual. Yeah, I'm like, that, that's a good and you know what she said? I feel good about what I did. I went and apologized. I told him I was sorry. They took it in the wrong way by what I said, although she said she said it, but it was it was misinterpreted when it was brought back to another individual. But that relationship is not the same. That's not saying that she don't love, still love this person. But that relationship is not the same. It's not like she would want it to be. This is what I'm saying. This is the same thing he's saying. That's the same thing he's saying, that the individual who do this is free. about the about 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 the atmosphere right. 
where this individual may be at. But what I'm trying to say even more so is the fact that I apologized and I said I was sorry and I wanted to be right. I didn't come away from it like now I just did my part. I really feel that way. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you do that and you just want to get out the way. I'm telling you, in this instance, I really am. And I would like things to be better. But, you know, and I always, and, I, and whenever I go to him, I go to him like I go to any one of the brothers. And whatever reaction I get from him, I'm okay with. Because I'm okay with it myself because I was really clear about it. The thing with, with okay. us in yeah. The thing with Yeah. The thing with us in God is more or less the same way with you and another individual. It's a two way street. Right. God God say he's faithful and just to forgive us, but what we got to do first? Confess our sins. Right. right? But when we go to a, a person and confess that we were sorry about whatever went on, whether you you was wrong or right. Right. Exactly. This they're not as forgiven of forgetting about it as God is. And so this is what I'm saying. Things with, with, with man is nothing like God. Nothing. Man, man, man messes everything up. I mean, he, the more and more he put into it, I mean, he's not even, I'm going to give you an example. I'm going to give you a good example. Now, I do this all the time as an example, and I think it's fair. And we say God, we say God look at all sin and the same. Yes. Right? There's no categories with him. Categories. But if you look at our laws that's based off of sin, they all have different categories. You follow what I'm saying? And I used one example one time. I'll give you an example that I gave you. Let's say somebody came. I'm a, I'm a, this was really touching to me. But I say, man, it's not God. We all want to take care of our little children. We all want to make sure they took the sin. Right? Let's say a man was shooting. Right? And he Taking a life. Right. But, but, but I understand what you're saying. They, the burden, but, I mean, one, they like both was killed. One was done more or less by accident, and the other one was done more or less willfully. 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 And, let, and let's take it one step further. Let's say this person molested and then killed that child. Mm-hmm. Now they got to carry that for the rest of their life. You feel what I'm saying? But now let's say they both go before God and repent. But just, most people who abduct a child and then violate them, they call them sex offenders. Right, okay. And if they're a sex offender, they're never sorry. Because when they, when they come out, guess what? They go back and do it again. You got some what they call repeat offenders. The only way that they're sorry for what they did is when they find Christ. When they find the Lord and they look back on what they did. Well, let's say they both do. Yeah. They both find the Lord and they both repent. Yes. But guess what? We're still talking about people opposed right. to God. Right. But look at but look at the fact about how man is going to continue to have one person uh carry the burden. Anybody live, they got a purple I'll give it to uh, you like this. I'll come to you right out the Bible. The Bible talks about a woman who was caught in the very act of adultery. Now, you can't commit adultery by yourself. Right. You have to have another party. Right. Now, they brought the woman, where was the man? 
They was, they was ready to stone her to death. And they went to Christ and said, this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. What do, you, what do the law state concerning this? Now, the law state that she should have been stoned. The Bible said Jesus stooped down and was writing on the ground. Now, some preachers, you know, dress things up and talk about they was, he was writing all the names who laid down with her, and, and they actually saw their name when Christ was writing. And so they say, who, can, who, 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 who live without sin, let him cast the first stone. Yeah, whoever is among you who have not sinned, live without sin, cast the first stone. The Bible said that they threw their stones away and walked away. And Christ, Christ and, 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 and the woman was left there alone. And, and she said, he asked her, say, well, who, who here to condemn you? She said, no one, my Lord. He told her, say, go and sin no more. The people looked on her as an adulteress. The man was gone. They called in the act of adultery. But they blamed the woman. Now, from the time that Christ set her free, they never changed their mind towards that woman. Now, according to the scripture, it was Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene was one of them that went down to the gravesite to, 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 to anoint the body of Jesus when all the men had been ran away. But the people still condemned her and called her a prostitute, looked at her as a prostitute. And you know That's the difference between man and God. Now, regardless of whether a person then, then left the homosexual act and he didn't give himself. Now, to be honest, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't feel comfortable being in a, in a, in a, in a, you know, with them. I, I wouldn't feel comfortable because, like you say, it's still in the back of your mind. Now, I don't hold nothing against them. I don't, I don't look down on them. But I'm saying. When we're talking about my, the mindset of a man opposed to God, right. this is what we're talking about. We're not God. Right. And we could never put ourselves on that pedestal with God. Right. And regardless to what the Bible says, look, we're striving towards right. this. Right. We're striving towards this. And, and some people have a problem with certain things. Now, you got some people that more or less say that they didn't forgive you about something you might have did. 10, 20 years ago. But how could they say they forgive you if they keep bringing it back up? Right. They're more or less bragging on themselves like they didn't done so much. 
because of what you might have done that wasn't right, and they're more or less putting stars on their shoulder or bound on top of their head, like as if though they're so righteous because they forgave you for something you might have done. Let me ask you something. Let's see what you're saying. I'm going back to that other thing. I said, if we knew there was a Understand that that person, whoever it may be, is somebody's child. Understand what you're saying. I'm just, look, God wants us to be real. He I wants mean. to be honest and truthful. And he said you shall know the truth and only the truth can set you free. And how can we get over things that still bother us or whatever? It's by confessing it. that's really not in your heart, then you're religious. God don't want us to be religious. He wants us to be Christian. And a Christian is supposed to be able to express the truth within him. That's the only way a Christian is set free. Everything you see from the, in the book of the gospel, from the four books of the gospel, all of these people came and they confessed whatever it was that was going on with them. Either Christ knew what was going on, either the Father came 
and say, look, my son this and my son that. And he'd say, come and lay hands on him. You know, the, the guy that was in the graveyard possessed. The, the, the prodigal son who left and went out there into the world. You know, everything led back to who? To the father. It always leads back to God. But the thing about it, we have to openly confess it. That's why the Bible says if we confess our sins, sins, like you said, is not on different levels or categories. Sin is sin. The Bible says transgressions of God's word, his law, is sin. So whatever we transgress that God's word says for us to do or not to do, and we do just the opposite, then we have sinned before God. You tell a lie, like my, my wife say all the time. You tell a lie, it's just as great as you going out there and homemonger or whatever, committing adultery. But people, once again, we're coming back to people and God. God said, whatever you've done that can transgress against my word, that's sin. Now, we do, what we do as people, we accept a person who tell a lie. We accept the person who tell a lie. But when a person has committed a... Yes. We'll joke about it. Man, that dude, look, you can't believe nothing that dude say. And don't, don't feel no Ill, Ill feelings about it. But when you hear that somebody that messed up on their wife or their husband, Oh, we dragged that through the mud. Pastor, I don't need this. I don't need so listen. Pastor, what I'm trying to tell you is real on what I've been saying. I said, I, I sit there and I, I, I talk to my Christians before. Because I have, a, you know, I have a definite, a definite, I have a definite, I was really going to hold that. I said, give me example. It was all about, you know, um, hanging out, you know, with my nephew with this guy, right? And I was being holy. Judgmental in everything, right? And staying on their power of it, right? And I made the comment one day. I said, let me ask you a question. I said, this was aggravating. I said, tell them y'all, I used to dabble I used to on Canada one time. I said, so when y'all were back in the 90s, they had these hairdressers, you probably understand what they were doing now. Everybody here. And on his business card, he didn't know any better, but thought it was a wall. Because 
I know he's married, and I know his wife. And you would appreciate him not sticking up for it or even entertaining you with permission of not marriage. I said, so how in the world can you be so upset about that but sit in the presence of a man and call him girl? I've heard him tell that to homosexuals. Oh, girl, go ahead. That's right. I said, so what's this? So what's the issue to deal with? I get a step, and we're we going to be, be real about it. I said, how could you say, how could you sit in the presence of a man and be referring to him as a girl and say, be this and this? I said, so you okay with that? I give you one more thing. Now, they can't get married, right? I'm married. But you're something that you know, you know, you put a strange thing on what you think my relationship should be. But then you sit there and say, well, no, they're not married. Well, they can't be married. So what is there to be upset about? You know? You, how could you advise somebody in a relationship when they clearly can't be married? How, how are you trying to give somebody advice on a, on a same-sex marriage relationship when they can't be married? How could you even say that even on a level of my marriage? If, if everybody accepts, you know what I'm saying? If everybody accepts because a person came out the closet and all of this, how in the world are we going to give God Never be delivered from it as long as everybody else is okay with it or entertaining it or accepting it. to his work as his work 
shall be. The last chapter in the book of Revelation, this is what God is saying to people when he comes. If God come back right now, it doesn't matter how much we accept what society has came to be as far as lesbianism and, and homosexuality and these men marrying men and women marrying men, women. The same thing was happening in the days of, 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 of Sodom and Gomorrah. And God said that it's going to be more, more worse for you because you didn't hurt than for Sodom and Gomorrah who did not hear. And so he said when he comes, if you want to still be in this type, type of lifestyle, it's going to be too late when, you, when he comes and you see him coming up on the wings of this air, coming for his church, and you try and repent. He say, however I catch you, that's how you're going to stay. That's why, if you know something, we got enough dealing with this. With this. When you give a person the word of God, you're not judging. Look what Jesus said. Jesus said, I did not come to judge you. He said, but the words that I speak to you shall judge you. These words are going to meet us in a judgment. Not, not, from, not what our acts are, the words of God. That's going to meet us in a judgment. Christ said himself, look, he said, I come not to judge. He said, but the words that I speak shall judge you. Now, if a person is, is laying down, if a man is laying down with another man, you're not judging that. It is what it is, and the word says it. He didn't go to Sodom and Gomorrah and destroy those cities. Sodom and Gomorrah wasn't just one city. There was two cities. But Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, but he's not saying that. He's saying he has a problem with men laying down with women. But he somewhat don't have a problem. Or he just, but listen to what yeah, 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 I'm saying. You can have a beautiful listing. You understand what I'm saying? That's what I know. I know. I'm Let me tell you something. I, I, See I, what you say? Exactly as beautiful one on this guy. Looks like what Vanessa Williams, similar to her. You understand me? She used to be all in his face. One time she even told him, uh, really remarkable how she could change me. You understand me what I'm saying? He told me this stuff. <coughs> and I used to watch that spirit that was around because it was a, a tempting spirit. Seducing. That's the Bible called him a seducing spirit. Yes, very seductive. You understand me what I'm saying? And to be honest with you, if you didn't watch out, you would catch yourself falling for this spirit. You would catch yourself falling for it. Understand me? Even though I'm gonna be honest with you, you wouldn't worry about the man. No, you wouldn't worry about the man. You understand me? But but this this lesson, you understand me? Because they got some lessons like that. Who's bisexual? They got some like that. Just like they got men that's bisexual. But the but the spirit of the spirit of homosexual took them over to the point that they left the woman, because the Bible says that that in the last days they're gonna leave the affection of the woman. Didn't I tell you about my dad? He had a wife, had children, and he had him, chubby, and the rest of them. To 
say they'll leave the natural affection for the unnatural. But if God hated the sin, we should hate. But you see, this is what Bible study is all about. The same way you be in school and the class is, is, is an open classroom and they're talking about uh, discussing a, a lesson like whether it's history, literature, whatever it might be, and, you, and you're involved in it, that's what God wants us to do, get involved in the Word. Because as much as you get involved in the Word, the more the Word is going to open up to you. In other words, he wants, he's saying, how do you feel about this individual? How do you feel about this individual situation? The whole thing. Do you feel comfortable around him since then he came out? Uh, I didn't. Do you still see them now that as you looked at them before they said this? Yes. You still see them the same way? You're still friends with them the same way? As one of the guys. You know, one thing that he told me, Eric told me that I was quite impressed. He said that he came out. I don't agree with it, but he's still my friend. And I'm like, wow. See, it doesn't affect me. But you see, that's, that's the thing there that changed the people from their lifestyle. When we remain friends with them and still be able to relate to them and, and let them know who you are. But the, the problem I have with that statement that is if it, was, if it was on the same level of me having a child outside of my marriage, uh-huh. you know, people don't view me to me that they feel uncomfortable with me unless they were really close to some friends in Canada. And that don't even happen. You know, let me, you know, I mean, even, even with you guys. Although, although so you saw your baby go through that with you, and whatever you were feeling at the time, whatever you may have had on your heart with me at the time, whatever you may have felt at the time, but I can't be a present if you were a little quiet, a little distant. That's understandable. But look at it now. Look at the relationship now. And I still often tell you all that I have, I have struggles all the same, but I'm working on it. So I'm looking at the same person that deals with stuff with the homosexual. Homosexuality, I'm telling you, as much, like I tell you, you can put a lot of things in front of you and it won't affect you. So I got to agree. I have to believe that the homosexual spirit that keeps strong on them and the things that I do with it is on me. And that's what I'm trying to be. A spirit is a spirit. I'm not, that's what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to be so judgmental on it. Mm-hmm. That, that's what I'm trying to I'm not, I, by no means I'm accepting it. Trying You're trying to, to get away from the fact of judging them yes. because of what they did. Yes. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, but, but my point was with, 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 with Lil Eric is that he said that the guy is still his friend. He don't accept what they do, what he do, or, or how he want to live his life. He said, but he's still his friend. Right. Now, what I'm saying that by him saying that he's strong enough to be able to still yet deal with this guy, even though he came out, it's a possibility that Eric lifestyle and his faith in God can change the guy from doing what he's oh, doing. Okay. Look, you never saw it on a scale of 
professional football players getting together, playing on the football field until Tebow got into the league. When that boy Tebow got named, he kneeled on his knees and gave praise to God. Now, before that, you had Reggie White, and that, who was the preacher. He, might, he used to raise his hand and thank God and talk about God. But this guy started doing this openly on the field that even the, the announcers was talking about him. And then after that, what you start seeing? The both teams coming together. But the guy is continuing to go to Bible study, and she's not, she's not, she's not, she's not coming away from the word. She's accepting the fact that she's coming, or she's coming in your faith. Huh? Yeah. Who's the preacher? The the gay guy? He was always the preacher. Yeah. He's a he's a stupid. <laughs> That's put another twist on that. Huh? Oh. What do you say? What do you say? He's a pre- about both.
And I said, oh, well, I didn't even understand. Well, she was very with the divorce. She was now she's divorced. I didn't even entertain her with that. I didn't, I didn't even give her yes, no, because I don't know nothing about it. Doesn't say But how would they know? Well, I don't know. But just like you said earlier, too many people are coming out. They're coming out left and right. You understand me? Yeah, because because a large part of society have accepted it. And just the other day, honestly, the empire that was recorded on the seat. Solomon did not believe it at all in my head. You understand me? He sent this incident as happened to Sam. I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of things that have come between me. I don't know how you start to deal with it. But I've been looking at myself. I was one that was caught up in general hospitals. And this is what you're saying. They got homosexuals on that. You understand me? The empire, homo- the little guy came boldly out. You understand me? Boldly out. And the Lord has, I, well, certain things that the Lord has been dealing with me with. How could you be comfortable with all of this? You understand? If I hate sin, but you can laugh, you can smile at what when this kind of stuff is going on. General Hospital, there's the two doctors that were kissing each other. Yes, the two doctors that were kissing each other. Who was that dog one? I didn't step out there. No, no, don't drive, bro. Don't drive, okay? Throw that cup away.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.